I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> All those moments will be lost in time. Like <clears throat> tears. Welcome to The Fixers, the podcast where we fix a lot of things. Today we are doing a special presentation. The Fixers present Tears in the Rain. We're going to talk about a very specific sitcom that we talked about in the last episode that uh, we've been trying to, uh, I'll be honest, it's a little bit of an earworm. Can't really get it out of my head. It's it, kind of all it I think about. It got its claws into us. We thought it would it's, just come and go, but I've been thinking about it every day. Well, it's one of it's one of those things that it's all I want to talk about, but I know nobody wants to talk about it with me. I'm like, yes, that's real. That was on an actual network, and it was on uh, before on Cheers. On Thursdays, before Cheers. I can, I, How is it on before Cheers? I have I have a whole bit on this, but yes, <sighs> this is a real. Um, so we're talking <laughs> for people who don't remember the last episode. We're talking about Rhythm and Blues, a sitcom that aired on. NBC. NBC. At the height of the mm-hmm. uh, So we're going to dig deep into this as part of a new spinoff series. Um, the network's been like, Fixers' is, ratings are through the roof. We need more. We need more. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a spinoff series called Tears in Rain or Tears in the Rain. Depending Tears on. in the Rain. Uh, Either way. Where we are going to uncover lost gems from the golden age of well, not the golden age of television, <laughs> the golden age of our lives of television, which is the late eighties, early nineties. And I mean, uh, it's such a specific time for us, and it, we we remember it so well. And that people yeah. remember these like big shows. They remember the Cosby Show. They remember Cheers. They remember Wings. They remember Seinfeld. But there were so many shows that didn't yeah. even last six episodes. And I mean, it is this... our duty to preserve them. <laughs> For future generations, we're doing you. I, I bet someone is listening to this in the year three thousand right now, saying thank you, fixers, for preserving these tears in rain. We need to. We should in the next episode where we break one of these down. Come up with a tier system because, like, I was listening to last week's show and we were talking about the the Chickless one, Michael Chickless show. Was it Mister Nanny Daddy-o. or like Daddy O? Daddy O. That's what it was. <laughs> and I would never break down daddy-o like it just doesn't make like it just seems like it's just another show yeah you know it's just like a competent sitcom that didn't catch on yeah rhythm and blues however oh it's special high concept <laughs> it tells us so much about america where where we were specifically <laughs> at this time is i mean it, it's just it's such a time capsule uh uh, Fubu, coat, and amber. That we're just like. I'm just so excited to break this all down. It's. Well, we're gonna do the regular format, and then we will uh, eventually go to the tears and rain, tears in the rain section of the show. Tears, so, uh, what have you been uh, watching, listening to lately, aside from every episode of Rhythm and Blues? Uh, um, aside for every episode of Rhythm and Blues, I didn't. Uh, I didn't prepare my media diet. So you go first. I'm gonna like collect my memory. Yeah. I watched uh, Brockmire finally. All of it. I love that show. Hank Azaria's show. Um, it's where he's a baseball announcer who's like a drunk. It's pretty good. I recommend it. It's on uh, Hulu right now. It was on IFC. 
it's a uh, very very dirty very very funny um i watched anatomy of a scandal which is a very british show about uh, uh i don't know you know all these shows blend into me if there's not a viking in them or some sort of is house it, of commons is the prime minister involved uh the pm is involved yeah but it's like not the pm like there was that uh the hugh grant one that was about the pm that was having like a gay affair or something like that you remember that one a very british scandal did you ever watch that no oh it's supposed to be pretty good too um and then i took uh i would say three days to get all the way through Zack snyder's justice league took me a long time but you had to break it break it up yeah and it's eight parts like they break it up four hours yeah with added footage that you can clearly see was at a totally different time mm-hmm. that they were shooting it. Um, it was a better movie, but it was still bad. And still just a cartoon. Does it need to like, be four hours? Like, does that kind of movie ever need to be four hours? No. If you're going to do that, then do the Infinity War where you break it up into two. Right. Two movies. Great. Yeah, two or movies. a series. Great. Yeah, I just... Like, if all that shit wouldn't have happened, I'm sure he would have broke it into two movies it would have only made sense but those movies are so i am i really don't like Zack snyder as a director <laughs> at all i find his movies to be like gray and weird mm-hmm. and I, it's like he he rides it's like he's a dj for the color palette of the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. and like, wow this is just so awful can't everything just be like normal colors i mean the original Batman movie was dark, but at least there was stuff that happened during the day, and like yeah, light. And it's just it looks like real things being yeah. photographed. Whereas yeah, whatever Snyder the, movies looks like he's just in the editing room, just like with the with the color mixing board, just like yeah, he's like a color DJ, and you're like whoa, 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 like just because you yeah. can't, just because you can do that, like it doesn't necessarily make it look better. Or more interesting, it's just like, all right, I guess this is green right now. <laughs> I mean, everything is green. Like, you don't take Gal Gadot and wash her out. You know, like it's just like I don't understand any of it in the parademons of it all, and the Darth, not Darth, but whatever the fuck the evil guy, Steppenwolf. You're like Steppenwolf. Like DC sucks. Like all this shit sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, but is he, like, is he going a magic carpet ride? That's what I kept thinking. Like, Steppenwolf is the guy that came up with, like, I don't know. And it's just, like, halfway through, you're, like, these mother boxes and this life code. And I don't know how Marvel can make it so much more accessible because it's the same shit, you know? But yeah. Marvel makes it so much more human, even though I I don't think that, like, you know, Ant-Man should win best comedy. You know, like, it's not funny. It's not that funny, but at least they have a a route to take the DC movies are just like, there's just nobody in charge and they just let everybody do it. It's fucking awful. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. Four hours is a lot of time to waste on that. That's why it took so many days. It would, it would take so much for me to do that. It would take like, like my nephew being like begging me to watch it with him or something. I was just more like, I just wanted to watch it because I knew the whole story of it and the whole Joss Whedon thing and all that stuff. And what a terrible human being he is apparently. Um, is he canceled yet? Uh, he's not like Cosby canceled. Okay, I don't think he. Did you say that again? Whoa. My apologies. 
Oh, watch heard me say Joss Whedon. <laughs> the Whedon, the Whedon um, police are on us. Uh, I don't. Th- I I think he did not do crimes. I think he's just like was a shitty boss. Like he, he's just bad, like a bad guy. It sounds like yeah, just just a bad guy who made people unhappy and uncomfortable. But I don't think he like assault. I don't. I, I don't want to sound like I'm his. I, I don't know anything. About, I I, I, don't know. I I I think he'll keep working. I don't think he's done. Yeah. Joss shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he doesn't, that's fine. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend watching it. Um, what are you watching? Uh, so, and series wise, watching with the lady, Commodore's lady, watching Russian Doll season two. Okay. Um, it's fine. It's it's fine. The first one was a Groundhog Day. Uh riff yeah which is not alone there's a lot of stuff that kind of does the groundhog day thing and this season is more of a back to the future it's a time travel spoiler i don't know it's like this first scene you find out it's time traveling it's sort of like going back in time with your mom when she was your age and making her make better decisions Uh, no i I don't, don't even think i watched the first season of it it's got it's it's fun. It's like the yeah. first half of the first season. It's it's like a lot of shows. Like it's easy to set up a compelling premise and harder to make yeah. it pay off. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, okay, I guess. Because that's how it wraps up. Uh, yeah. So I have no expectations for the season. I was telling her you guys should watch Barry. Uh, Barry, the Bill the, Hader show, the, the killer. Yeah, it's really really good. She doesn't love. Uh, is it is it like how violent is it? Like how super violent? She wouldn't be into it. Really? Not not a big lover of If it's wow. like if it's like way over the top like horror violence, she can be okay mm-hmm. with it. But if he like shoots a person in the chest and they like bleed out on their kitchen floor, she's not going to love that. That's surprising to me. <laughs> she's <I'm... laughs> keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I mean, really, truly. Wow. All right. Yeah, then, then don't watch it then. Just given her predilection for the offbeat, yeah. kind of the same I mean, off, I, offbeat I, that I have. She has plenty of exceptions, so I'll uh, yeah, I'll float it. It's good. Her. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good show. Uh, we're also watching uh, Minx. Yeah, the Jake Johnston uh, pseudo playgirl show. Do you have a like a book that you watch it with so you can mark all the dicks? <laughs> like a baseball no, game, no, just marking, in my mind. marking just hits, in my mind. just in your mind. Wow! First, first episode, like a like a whole montage of like thirty five dicks. It's it's just a hog fest. Yeah, yeah. Which I uh, watch it. I some people it. said I would see that in Euphoria, but I never did. I was lied to. You were lied to. We accept. We accept what we did. Uh, since we last recorded movies, I have watched. Damn it! Where'd my list go? Uh. I rewatched Boogie Nights again. Speaking of colossal hogs, um, mm-hmm. had to explain to the Commodore's lady why my favorite part of that movie is uh, the Colonel getting out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> I made her watch it three, three times. Yep, that I, tracks. I I think it might be the most impressive thing about P.T. Anderson is that at age twenty seven he knew he knew that 
Like when yeah. I was in my 20s, I wasn't like, one day, the hardest part of my day will be getting up. <laughs> <laughs> like once I'm up, I'm fit, I'm strong, I can run, yeah. I can pick up things, but just like... Getting out of bed is uh, hard. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's it's truly breathtaking. I would love to ask. I have a when I after I go work out, and they're like, I have a new move where I sit on the edge of the treadmill, and like and just like sort of evaluate my life for like five minutes. <laughs> and it's, it's like I wish I could get a picture because I need to have it painted of like man in sorrow, just like off getting off the treadmill. Uh, other films watched recently: um, broadcast news, uh, classic again. Oh, did I say that in the last episode? No, I'm just no. I mean, I, I remember I watched broadcast news with you like ten years ago, so I'm okay, surprised. Well, it's been ten years. Does um, it take ten years? I don't. I don't know if I ever need to see broadcast news again. I guess it's good. Has she never the, seen it? She hadn't seen it, and her mom was staying with us, so we were just trying okay. to find like mom. That's a good movie. Yeah, mom movies. Yeah. Um, so that was one of them. Uh, we watched uh, my cousin Vinny, also a mom movie. Also Classic. a good movie, but good movie. Also, it was in that context. Um, did not watch Boogie Nights in that context. Uh, American Psycho, rewatched that one. Not with her mom. No, not with her mom. Yeah, she didn't mind the violence in that one. I don't know. I don't know. That's, see, that's like I yeah. What does she mind the violence in? I think Is there she... something that you can think of that she was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Like horror violence, no, like 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 crime violence. I don't know. I don't. But okay with Boogie Nights. I mean, Boogie Nights is pretty violent. I don't think she likes the violent parts. Okay, like, like she tolerates them. She doesn't like run away. But yeah, she's just there for that dick. She's like, I I understand. When's, it's a, when's the dick showing up? It would have been nice to have like just to see uh, John C. Riley's dick in comparison. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You don't see you know? any other dicks in the no, movie. which makes it special. It's a unicorn dick, but right. It'd be nice if it was like, well, you know, Reed Richards or whatever. Is that Reed Richards? What was his name? It was something like that. Yeah, Reed. Yeah, Reed. in that ballpark. Reed Rothschild. I don't think it was a Rothschild name, but man, man. these are just good porn names we should remember. I mean, his name um, in the the movie within a movie is a. Uh, Chest Rockwell in the Chest Rockwell, the that's Brock, what it was. Brock Landers, Dirk Diggler as Brock Landers. Yeah, but uh, John C. Reilly has a his character has a name that is like Reed. Yeah, you Brock. don't need to show his tech, you just need to show it in like jeans or something, or just show so that, uh, another like probably John C. Reilly didn't want to show his dick. Yeah, but you could have like any number of extras around the set and just. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the best way. Just have them in the back room. Right. That's fine. I'm, I'm they, assuming Mix does that. But they might have They might have not been able to get an R that way. That's true. Like, my understanding is the fact that that Wahlberg's dick is so obviously a prosthetic is, like, mm-hmm. helped them not get an NC-17 because it's, like, not you're not actually seeing a real human's penis. You're seeing a... yeah. Did he do a director's cut of that movie ever? No. Nope. I think that's huh. his that's his cut. Like he wanted to do an NC seventeen, but they were like he knew going in he couldn't shoot an NC seventeen movie. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Like one of the things he in the script I don't know if you've seen the movie recently. 
They're all. It's, uh, they have in the in the shooting when they're shooting the porn scenes. They always say like finish finish on my tits which is like yeah 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 they wouldn't let him say finish on my face <laughs> it's like so they create this like <laughs> okay. alternative porn world where yeah but like why is one more offensive than the other yeah that's I, I don't i don't know when they're when they i it's okay to take out stuff but to edit it like that i don't know that doesn't make any sense to me but yeah anyway it's the 90s um yeah speaking of the was 90s, working girl still good broadcast news Broadcast news is it still good? Yeah, yeah. Okay, huh. it's excellent. James L. Brooks firing on all cylinders. All right, I haven't watched it in a while. I'm kind of afraid to watch because I enjoyed it last time, and I don't want to have my opinion changed. I don't think you'd like it less. Like it's very, okay. it's just like a a nicely crafted. It's not the funniest thing in the world, but like the characters are all, you know, interesting and funny, and it moves, and it has like a point. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. All right. All right. I'm into that. Yeah. All right. Speaking of the... Oh, one more thing. Uh, we're going to do some updates because uh, we have so many fans. Oh, we have clamoring. Breaking news? Breaking news. Uh, updates. Um, Superman movies they're considering making. J.J. Abrams uh, is going to produce a Superman movie with a black is he, Superman. Is he going to touch every franchise before he's done? He's done Star Trek. He's done Star Wars. He's done Mission Impossible. And now oh, he's, yeah. He did Mission Impossible 3 or 2? Two? 2, the one with the like crazy motorcycle. No, that was John Woo, right? Yeah. Didn't Woo do one? He did 3 cuz 3 was when Bad Robot came on. So yeah, he did 3. 3 was with um Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that's not a bad movie. It's okay. I mean, they didn't really do a stride till five, which is saying something. Well, it just it was a different franchise back then. Yeah, like the first Mission Impossible is a whole different kind of movie. It is a different, <laughs> different yeah. movie. It has the De Palma weirdness and yeah. like no, it's a De Palma movie. Yeah, it's like a De Palma. It's, movie it's not movie. a Tom Cruise. Like it's Tom Cruise's thing now. Like there's no. Yeah. Doesn't matter who the director is, who the writer is. You're like this is a Tom Cruise movie. Whereas I mean, McQuarrie's the perfect person to do those movies, though. It was him. Yeah. No, I don't mean the director. I don't mean that Tom Cruise is directing the movie. I just mean he is yeah. the author of yeah. Mission Impossible. Whereas yeah. the first one was like, that's a De Palma movie that you could have taken Cruise out and put in someone else. It would have been basically the same movie. I mean, t- 20 years ago, if I would have said to you, we're going to be looking more forward to Mission Impossible than we are Star Wars or Star Trek. I mean, that you would have thought I was insane. But I'm so pumped for one thing, Top Gun 2. Which comes out pretty soon, mm-hmm. and fucking the new Mission Impossible, which has been shooting for like three years. Which give Tom Cruise that much time, it's only going to get better. That's Dead, my theory. Dead Reckoning Part One. That's what it's called. It's called Dead Reckoning Part One. Oh, it's going to be a two-parter. <laughs> two-parter. Ugh. Not that I remember the plot of the last one either. I don't. That's the thing. You never remember the plot of yeah. any Mission Impossible. Like I movie. remember who's generally a good guy. Like Baldwin was a bad guy, and now he's a good guy. But he's I don't dead. know. Huh? He's dead. Baldwin died? He died in the last one. Well, clearly don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> They're not bringing Baldwin back? No, he's dead. Oh, come on. Henry Cavill's dead. Um, His wife that you're supposed to remember from three movies ago, but you don't. Like, they, they put that, did that scene where they're, like, getting married, and I was like, who the hell is this? Did Ethan Hunt have somebody he was in love with? Like, I just don't remember any of it. 
It is kind of distracting. Referring back to our earlier concept, the Ving Rhames is kind of distracting because he reminds me of the first movie. (laughs) Yes, yes, 100%. It's like if John Voight showed up. I'm like, nah, you don't belong here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, is Ving Rhames the only one in those movies from the original? Yeah. Yeah, wow. And he's not—he's not a big part of the first movie. Like he shows up near the end. He's there. He's like—he's always in the, in the like the van. He's in the yeah. He's the computer guy. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't have a lot of screen time. Yeah, I mean, is now he has. I mean, he must be second build in these movies, probably after Simon Pegg. I, I don't know. Depends don't know, on who Pegg's, the the villain is. Pegg's been in what three? <clears throat> At least. I mean, you couldn't tell me. You could tell, like, that would be a good game. Was it in Mission Impossible 1 through 5? <laughs> like, I would have no idea. Oh, that would be very any, difficult. <laughs> any of the plot points of any of those movies, I have no concept of it. Like, I only remember the John Woo one because there was Doves. Yeah. I remember um, some, like, if you said, okay, what's the one he was on the giant skyscraper in Dubai? I'd yeah. probably have a 50-50 chance of guessing the right one. I think five. Yeah. I think it was five. Who was the villain in one? That was supposed to be Wolverine, but couldn't because he was doing this. Oh. You're supposed to be Wolverine. Or you're supposed to be in Wolverine. He was gonna be Wolverine, and then the MI MI whatever shot for too long, and then he couldn't be in it. Was it Jeremy Renner? No, it was um, it was a like not it just like a character actor never never was, but huh. he was. Um, what the fuck? I know, I know his name. I just cannot think of it right now gonna bug me don't know the peg was in the fourth one so he's been in one two three well this will be his fourth dead reckoning part one dead reckoning part one doug ray scott that guy he was supposed to be wolverine but he couldn't because he was in mission impossible 2 so this movie is coming out in July of 2023. It's going to be done, right? I, when did that tape come out of him yelling where everybody was still on his side for being a like dick? That was like three years ago. <laughs> that was weeks ago. It's been like the better part of a decade making this movie. God, that's so... Yeah. I mean, COVID happened. I get I get. there's some other... Yeah, but truly things. Tom Cruise is is almost Howard Stern level bulletproof at this point. I mean, yeah. the guy, like, a tape was released of him yelling at his crew, and everybody was on his side. Well, because he was yelling. He wasn't Keep like. Your masks on. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing it for um, sympathetic reasons. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that, but, man, he's just, he's unstoppable. Um, anyway, back to Superman. J.J. Abrams is going to probably try to ruin that with the black Superman, which will be awful. And he said he's going to try to li- limit Superman's powers. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. J.J. Abrams was so bad. Is he the worst thing to happen to Hollywood in a very long time? I mean, <laughs> does Fatty Arbuckle count? Yes. <laughs> well, then no. No, J.J. Abrams is not the worst thing to happen to Hollywood. I don't know. Like, do we include uh, murderers and... Does yeah, the, I mean, does just the, like does the, the Manson killings term. count? Because <laughs> those literally count. happened in Hollywood. No, I would say like of the of changing the overall culture of movies, he's been a negative force 
in making all movies worse because people think that's what he want what we want he's just kind of he's just kind of rides i don't feel like he has created big change in hollywood i think he has exploited changes that were happening and positioned himself yeah i mean he just is such a spielberg coattail rider i don't know yeah, and he can't I'm seem not, to finish anything. I'm not defending him artistically. I just don't know that he's like the reason for any big problems. Like his kind of mode of, I think like Lost has had more influence on TV than any of his movies have had on movies. Yeah, that's probably true. Like the whole like puzzle box theory of TV is like really dominant. I yeah. Mean, I feel like that comes from Lost in a lot of ways, but like... Ugh. I don't see a lot of movies that I'm like, oh, they're just doing JJ style movies here. It's like because I think all movies that are like not very good are JJ movies. But that's not <laughs> a style. That's just like a like. Are, a how would money... you even describe his his second Star Wars movie? An Rise endless of amount of money. Just like too much. You do whatever you want, but not but whatever you want because clearly, like there were like Disney execs involved. It's just the incoherence is like, yeah, who, none of it makes sense. Who wanted this to turn out this way? Like, whose whose vision am I watching? That's why I couldn't love Oscar Isaac any more than I already did until he started doing interviews for that movie. <laughs> and they're like, "Could you see a spinoff on Disney?" And he's like, "Never, no, I will never do this again. This was a bad choice on my part." Like, it's like because he's the one that has to say that line. Somehow, Palpatine came back. <laughs> And his face is like, he's not acting. Uh, he's like truly like... The fact that uh, that's the take they kept. That's the I mean the most acceptable one he gave. <laughs> I would love to see the other 11 that he did. He must have just been so exasperated. <laughs> and he's like in England away from his family and yeah. just like having to do this shitty movie. They're getting new pages every day. Like, oh, I feel so sorry Apparently for that there's guy. so many. We, we can't talk. We can't talk about Star Wars. I'm, no, that's I'm a, cutting that's myself a, off. I'm, that's a holiday special. I'm like the bartender. Um, and the uh, Terminator update is there is no Terminator update because the franchise is effectively dead. There's so, a Netflix show coming. I couldn't find it. What's it called? I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, let's we're excited about it. Was it was in the Wikipedia article. <laughs> People aren't here to hear about Terminator. They're here to hear about Rhythm and Blues. <laughs> I, I couldn't find like I typed in term, well, I t- maybe it's because I typed in Terminator movie news, then type in TV show news. Yeah, it's uh, b- 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 um, where is it? Uh... Sure, you weren't looking at old Sarah Connor Chronicles oh, articles, like a, t- a TV show. Uh. In February 2021, Netflix announced plans for a Terminator anime series. Oh, that there were—I don't know. It's probably why it I missed doesn't it. sound like it's been canceled. Yeah, it's like anime. They did some animated, like YouTube stuff before some of the last movies. Yeah, I don't know. They do that for everything now. The Marvel has the What If universe and everything. Yeah. Just trying to get like yeah. any extra dollars out of anything. I don't know. I think there's like a a chunk of younger viewers who like really like anime shit. So if you can make 
Yeah, there's that stigma around anime just doesn't exist anymore. Now it's like okay to like anime. Well, some for some people it's preferred. Like they would rather watch yeah. anime than real people on camera. Apparently, there's an anime Star Wars that's supposed to be really good. But it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm good. All right. I, I want real droids. I want the realness. I want a Detroit in 1992. A radio station. Uh, there's nothing. There's no CG in this. No CG in this, <laughs> in this franchise. All we got is wigs. Big uh, wig show. So we're di- we're diving in. We're diving in. Let me do my little speech here. Okay. It's called Tears and Rain. I've known adventures you cannot imagine. Different worlds filled with Dwayne Waynes. Sister, sisters with Tamara and Tamara. I have put the remote down for the special episodes that would make the modern human blush. Arnold almost molested. The asteroid rain falls on Mr. Drummond. I have seen a child with AIDS on Mr. Belvedere. I have seen the designing women blame God for a pandemic. I have seen things you cannot fathom. Oiled colored animals on Bayside. Henry Blake killed over the Pacific. Radar crying in the OR. All these things will be lost in time. I am a receptacle of sitcom wisdom. Because I was alive at a time when 10 million people watching a TV show forced it off the air. (laughs) One day all these memories will be forgotten. Bobby Sill will die with me, live and jive. What will you remember? Will it be rhythm or blues? Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm feeling that. Uh, when I have passion, you know, passion is all it takes for stuff like this. Uh, you you make strong points. Uh, yeah, but these things won't die because we're preserving them. That's the that's the project of Tears and Rain. So you, the listener. Need to keep take this wisdom on. You're you're learning from your elders, mm-hmm. unless you're older than us. We're, we're older Which you, you probably are if you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, we can't let the memory of rhythm and blues die. All right, now my pre-written piece. <laughs> ready, ready for it? I am so ready for this. <clears throat> Let me take a little sip of water. Yeah. NBC on Thursday nights in the 1990s was one of the all-time great cultural juggernauts, a TV murderer's row unlike any we will ever see again. At the height of the cable era, a big three broadcast network defied the odds and dominated the viewing ecosystem with some of the highest rated and most beloved shows of all time, all packed into a single night. Over the course of the decade, it included The Cosby Show, Wings, Cheers, Seinfeld, L.A. Law, A Different World, Friends, Mad About You, E.R., and Rhythm and Blues. What? You've never heard of Rhythm and Blues? In 1992, scheduled next to some of the network's flagship shows, next to the Jewels in the Crown, was this new sitcom created by Barney Miller veteran writer Jordan Moffat about a white DJ working at a black radio station in Detroit. It's extremely flimsy premise that he was hired by this black station because he, quote, sounded black on the radio at his previous job and not a single black person could tell the difference is surpassed by the aimlessness of the show itself. There is no central comic idea. Characters are so flat and so uninteresting, they don't even rise to one dimensionality. They are zero dimensional. I couldn't even describe them if you asked me to, and I've watched multiple episodes in the last few hours. (laughs) 
In short, it is a show with no reason to exist. So what was NBC thinking? I have my my theories, but I, I'll stop the pre-written. Well, again, I mean, everybody needs to know that we're doing important work here. And I feel like this is what the archives need to take, this, you know? This is for the children. This is passion. This is what, this is what passion looks like. Uh, Between cheers and a different world. And it, if you don't remember, if you're listening to this and you're like, what's a different world? Is that the, a different world was was rated in the top five for five seasons in a row. And yes, it followed the Cosby show, which was usually number one. But like A Different World was a hugely popular show. Yeah, I mean, it was a spinoff of the Cosby show. Yeah. Where Lisa Bonet went to college. Sinbad was in it. But they fired Um, Lisa Bonet and it stayed popular. Like people kept watching it. Early Marissa Tomei also. They also fired her after the first season. Did they fire her after the first season? Well, I mean, they didn't bring her back. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, the the first season, I don't know if you remember, the college was like 50-50 white and black. And then they reframed it after Bonet left as like, this is the, the black college show. Yeah, I looked up the name of the college and I could not find it. It's not a real, I'm just not a real college. No, but I thought it would be like Morehouse or what, like I didn't, I there was always a fake. Hillman? Yeah, Hillman. That's what I thought it would be. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Howard. Yeah, or I don't know. It's an HBCU. Uh, but so here's my here's my theory, which we we talked about offline. Uh, so this show premiered Rhythm and Blues on September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety two, eight thirty on Thursday. Four weeks earlier, August twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two, Fox at eight thirty on Thursday premieres a show called Martin. Starring a larger-than-life DJ on urban radio in Detroit. And NBC somehow, inexplicably, has a very similar show that comes out four weeks later. Now, did they create, write, produce, and execute the show in four weeks? No. Uh, that's not like physically possible in the timeline. The NBC aired the show. It was produced by 20th Century Fox. So... I cannot get to the bottom of this. I think these were once the same show. That originally, somewhere in the concept pipeline, there was this show that got broken up within Fox. One as the black version of the show with Deaf Comedy Jam's Martin Lawrence. And once for the let's sell this to NBC version of the show to have a white guy play the role. What if the original pitch was Martin gets hired by a white station? Could have been. And then they're like, no, that's not a good idea. But white guy hired by a black station is a good idea. Martin has a bunch of characters already preloaded. Let's just go get him. And who was the, who's the main guy? Stu Gardner or something? Roger Cabler. Roger Cabler. Uh, like I said, Stu Gardner, and uh, he uh, he is just like a fill-in because they like I have so many questions. How did they? Okay, it's, I mean it's really vexing. Yeah. So I'm my theory, I have no way to therapy. back up my theory, but it I mean, is I don't extremely either, but it makes total weird sense. that these two shows. It's a Dante's Peak. It's Aaron, a what it is? It's a Dante's Peak. They're in the same time slot. I know. It's a Dante's Peak. That's all. That's all this is. Yeah. 
like it's not it's not parallel thinking for sure it's one guy got fired from working on the pre-concept for the martin show or vice versa yeah. and went somewhere else and pitched the show but they're just both fox, it a little bit they're both fox shows one aired on nbc but they're both produced yeah. by fox yeah did this or life goes not life goes on uh, get a life have more episodes i would think get a life this only ran for five episodes yeah I'm just I'm curious if like the classic Get a Life that's like one of those shows that's universally hailed as way ahead of its time got canceled. This show was not way ahead of its time. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the show itself. Yeah. Uh, so we're, so we watched you watched five episodes. I watched. I might have watched six three. or seven to be honest. I lost track. They're only twenty two minutes, so it's it's like smoking a cigarette and then you just forget about it. Yeah. Without commercials, these things just rip. These by. things they fly. You yeah. realize how little story you need. To get a 22-minute sitcom episode? I mean, by like the fourth episode, they were searching for Detroit gangster money in the, stu- the studio. Like, it used mm-hmm. to be a hangout for that's like, like gangsters. That's like season seven. We're, we're scraping the barrel kind of plot line. That's, that's a like Cheers plot. Rose- cheers to the same thing, but it was like season seven. Yeah. No, that's like Roseanne yeah. wins the lottery. Like, we're just... Yeah. We got to do something. Yeah. No, but they were out of ideas from the beginning. Like, this... There, there are sitcoms that are just like, all right, they're doing it. But this is this show is just bad from from minute one. I mean, years ago we watched the pilot of Mad About You mm-hmm. that was twenty two minutes and had one story yeah. and two people and somehow made more sense than this. Yeah, you're totally right. Like it's a black show written by white people. Yeah. Clearly. Yes. And I don't and know black characters. To add my background research, I, I can only find pictures of about half the writing staff. But of the people I can find, there are no black people associated with writing the show. The creator is white. The directors are white. All the writers are white. And it's yeah, when you look a, at a the show with a black for... or with a white lead, but 80% of the lines are spoken by black people. <laughs> and there's not a single black writer. And maybe there was one in the writer's room. Like, it, I would assume there was at least one, but this re- like it just tonally sounds so different from, you know, you and I are white people for those who are listening and don't know us. Uh, so I don't speak on behalf of the black community, but these do not sound like black people in 1992 that I know. And, and there's nothing because when you watch Martin, everything is very 1992 black people, yeah. which and honestly, I only knew from in living color, like, Truly, like I didn't live in a very diverse area, so seeing black people on TV was always that's kind of what it looked like. But, but it was um, a spectrum of black people on Martin. There yeah, were, yeah, totally. There's Martin, and there's Martin doing like his characters. But there's also like his college-educated girlfriend, and like her. Yeah, there were, these people like, were real. The other people yeah. were not real. They just didn't seem like they even existed. No, they didn't even. Aside seem from like... Mr. Love, <laughs> Mr. Love. Uh, I enjoyed him. I actually kind of enjoyed him, to be honest. I had a. I think the character I liked most was the urn. The guy wow, the really? Urn. I like Mr. Love. Well, you got to watch more episodes to get more invested because he really has a story arc. Oh, good. But um, side note, parlay, quick parlay into just general sitcoms, things that I was completely lied to about. At some point in my life, I thought I would be in a bachelor auction. It happened so much in sitcoms. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, that's just a thing. That's just a common thing. Right. All guys have to do it. Right. All guys. The only funny joke was in that episode where there was a bachelor auction when he said it looks like uh, Roots, the prom years. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. That's good. Um, okay. And if you don't get your taxes done, you will go to jail the next day. <laughs> like, I mean, an, maybe an audit in, is maybe worse. Yeah, an audit is worse than going to like to prison, like to a concentration camp. It's like, oh my god, we're getting audited. Holy shit! Lock down the entire studio. Let's fly to Mexico. Let's get out of here. Like I was, I was convinced. Like, and then I met, like later on in life, I met people like, oh, I've filed my taxes in like five years. I'm like, they haven't shot you yet. Like, I, mean, I was totally convinced. For those listening, please don't don't do that. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's not nearly as life or death as no. You just you just owe increasingly onerous fees. I think the first season of Cheers had carla get audited too like that's how pe- scared people were of audits mm-hmm. like i don't know if it was like a new thing or something in the 80s and 90s but holy shit i mean there was like you know willie nelson was like <laughs> touring didn't to go to jail taxes. no i know yeah, yeah there were a lot of like famous like, people Jimmy swagger the, didn't go to jail none of these debt. guys went to jail uh there's no debtors prison ronnie, anymore. ronnie isley exist. went to prison for tax evasion how much though he did he well, i don't know but he was in federal prison for several years yeah and Snipes went to jail for tax evasion too. Yeah, what do I they think. have in common? What do those two guys have? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. Um, uh, one of them got a shout out on Rhythm and Blues. <laughs> okay, so both the the Martin. I have, two, I have so many ideas in my head. Okay, I'm gonna take okay. this back to to Martin. Okay. Uh, the Martin episode has a Red Fox is still alive joke, and so does the pilot of Rhythm and Blues. Well, he does a Red Fox impression. Does he do yeah, like say he's still alive? Yes, he does like a not like he's he's alive in the narrative of the sitcom, but he does like a I bet you didn't know Red Fox is still alive. That's not a, that's He, a, does, that's he not. does a Red Fox impression. He oh. also puts on a Jamaican wig and does a Jamaican accent multiple times. How long was that scene? It kept going. They kept singing the song over it. I was like, is this going to end? Also, the only semi-Jamaican song they know is the Harry Belafonte Deo song, which is from well, the 50s. he comes in talking about Marley, this, doesn't he? Yeah, he does a little Marley, and then he goes yeah. right into Harry Belafonte. This is like an eight-year-old kid. There's no way that kid likes Harry Belafonte. That's like me singing Tony Bennett when I was eight. I mean, truly, I mean, the, I, I the most despicable part of the... Rhythm and Blues is the radio station. Well, nobody's ever on the air except yeah. for this one guy. <laughs> like, at least in news radio, there was like a booth and people were going in and out. It's really and they make cheap. it very. It's really it's it's cheap. The yeah. cast is and they make very it clear small. that uh, in Martin's show that Martin is like on the air for this hour and then somebody else comes in. Yeah, you know. Um, but like in that show, it's like nobody's on the air and there's all these hijinks going on. Like, what's playing? Just dead air. Right. Like yeah, there's literally five people who work at the radio station and often they're all not in the there's you know none of them is in the booth because they're all in the other room. And like who's in the booth? Like who's This is not an era where you just could like set the computer program to like no. keep playing songs. Like somebody has to be like flipping the records or changing the, the tapes. The radio station concept to begin with just to go back to even breaking down sitcoms more seems like a very easy thing to plug in other elements. Yeah. Like you I mean, have Martin. WKRP. Yeah. yeah. Even going back to like uh, uh, Mayor Tyler Moore, like a TV station. Like yeah. It's, it's good... just a place you can put stuff where a lot of stuff's going on. Yeah. It's a workplace that is inherently interesting. Like it's hard to and make. People and people uh, just a think basic, they know. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's more interesting than a than a bank or an insurance office or something like it's. I think you do a radio station when you don't have that strong of an idea. I mean, WKRP is good. Uh, is it? I'm, it works as a show. Like you watch it the works. show and you're like, Frazier's good, I guess. I see why this is a show. Martin, it yeah. wasn't really about the radio station. That was just his job. And no. Most of his... And what a weird way to present the show, too. He starts out with like a monologue, like a. Yeah. They dropped that was... in later seasons, but he starts yeah, out. Like, this is... Was that a Seinfeld? Seinfeld wasn't on the air by 92, was it? I think it was also premiering that year. So, because I know he used to do comedy before the show, like just like a little three minute thing. Yeah. Probably like, even shorter. So I wonder if that was what that was from. I don't know that it was from, I mean, I don't think it was like ripping off Seinfeld. Cause I think they were both like Seinfeld wasn't, you know, a known hit show yet, but did you know who Martin was before Martin? No, but he was, I mean, if I was older, I would have known cause he was, he was the host of Jeff comedy jam. But like '92, we were definitely new comedy things. Yeah, but, but we I never watched Def Comedy Jam. I couldn't. Yeah, I don't think my parents would have let me watch that because it was so raunchy. <laughs> you can't watch Comedy Jam, but make sure and stay up till midnight so you can watch real sex. A bunch of dudes dancing around with their dicks hanging. Well, they out. didn't know I watched that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh... People go to a jack off workshop. Can't watch that, but <laughs> watch that, but don't watch Def Comedy Jam. They were on at different times of day. I feel like I had plenty of opportunities to watch Jeff Comedy Jam, but I also feel like I didn't understand what was going on. I'm wrong. So like, Seinfeld was in its fourth season by this point. So it might it might have been a Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld started in 88? 89, yeah. Wow. Damn. And it wasn't that... It, its ratings weren't that good yet. It took a while. No. But it would make sense that they would take a comic like Martin and do that. Yeah. No, I mean it, that's that is a very tried and true sitcom path. Is you take uh, a successful stand-up person and then you give them, you build a show around them, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it makes sense. But rhythm and blue, like nobody was like, "Hey, let's make a show around the Zima guy," where he does yeah. really borderline to over the borderline impressions of black people in front of black people who look just annoyed the whole time he does like your uncle's impressions basically yeah and he does he does other people he does yeah colombo and he does i don't know he, he did rodney dangerfield i was trying to keep track but there were so many yeah he did marlon brando but he's not uh, he's not good like he's, he's not good at any of them i mean he does a better impression than i could do if you're like hey do a Columbo impression right now because I haven't practiced it or anything. But he's not like yes, but but it was basically like charades impressions. Like it's like I'm going to do this character. Can you tell who it is? Like it's there. It's terrible. Yeah. It also has nothing to do with the sto- like the stories are just these dead dead fish of stories. Like Martin is you know he's not like a great his master of comic timing or something but like his character makes sense like the stories are built around his character yeah whereas this this bobby soul i don't know if we've said this his name bobby, is bobby sorry, soul. his name is bobby soul <laughs> is like, like they're just these like yes. weird like oh no we're our sponsor is gonna drop us because we didn't uh file this report in the right amount of time and bobby soul's like 
I'll do a Ray Charles impression and I'm not going to do it. But, you know, it's just like, what are you doing? What does it have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> if I slip, I'm doing an impression of Bobby Soul doing no, I an mean, impression. It's I am hard, not doing it's, it's so hard now because, like, say you want to do, like, a Mr. Miyagi impression. Mm-hmm. That's how he sounds. I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's doing impression. Mr. Miyagi doesn't actually sound like that in real life. So, no. I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard. Uh, but he does do a tremendous amount of impressions. Here's how I think the writer's room went. We don't have a story. What impressions do you have? He does like five impressions. He's like, we, okay, well then we will write to get to those impressions. So you can sound like a Jamaican guy. We'll put a Jamaican wig on this kid. When this kid walks in, you interact with him in a Jamaican guy way. Like, that's how it was written. I think you're right. But also, it still doesn't make sense. Because that's what you do to build a show around the established or the up-and-coming sitcom or stand-up star. You take... You take Ray Romano and you're like, Ray, what are you good at? What are you not good at? We're going to write the show around you because you're the draw. Like Damon Wayans, like Damon Wayans, not like a great actor. We're like, okay, what do we, what can we do to build a show around you, Damon Wayans? Why would you build a show around the Zima guy? Yeah. It it doesn't doesn't make make any any sense. sense. It's the like, sets seem like they're all reused too. It does seem like they were pre-built for very something cheap. else. Watching that yeah. and Martin back to back, and Martin was on Fox, which was a new network at the time, and didn't spend a lot of money, but looks so much better than this shitty it looks show. Lived in this show looks yeah. like it's a like a leftover set from like Welcome Back Cotter or something. I bet it was. I bet it was a leftover set. I can almost guarantee because I, I like try to track that kind of shit, and I. It seems really familiar to me for some reason. Like, do they... In the episodes I saw, the only sets are the main radio station and Mm -hmm. then this white radio station, which is clearly the same set. They just, like, moved some shit around. Yeah, they redressed it, yeah. do they ever... Do you ever see our main characters home? Oh, see, I watched six episodes. Do you see his home? Even once. You do not see his home. That's really weird for a sitcom in any era. He, did did his cop girlfriend come in in the second episode? No. Oh, that his was like cop. maybe episode. Is a cop girlfriend? Uh-huh. Uh, she she's a, like undercover, so she's like a nun, and he kisses her at the bachelor auction. Um, I mean, the bachelor. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so there's a cop girlfriend that comes in a station. Uh, a sponsor comes in who threatens I, to not yeah, play something. Sponsor, yeah. They go to the auction house, or the place where the auction is. In the episode where he's the toy from the Richard Pryor movie, uh-huh. he they go to that rich person's house. That kind of just looks like the set of silver spoons. Um, so they do have it. some other sets. Yeah, they do not step foot. I didn't realize how much of my early TV watching. Nobody goes outside. Yeah. And how unusual Seinfeld actually being outside was. Like doing things on the street in a sitcom is very, just did not happen. But you don't even have any like B-roll of outside. Like in the Cosby show, you'd cut to like the outside of his brownstone in New York. Yeah. And you never really saw them walking around New York in most episodes. But like this is set in Detroit, but I don't think there's any footage of Detroit. At all? No, there isn't even an exterior. No, there's no like out the outside of the of the radio building. It's just like there the was set. an exterior of the rich person's house, but I think it was a reuse from Seinfeld. 
<laughs> Which uh, is not even in, it's supposed to be in New York, not Detroit. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a strangely cheap looking show for 1992 on NBC. You don't think they didn't, they couldn't have thought this show was going to make it. I can't right? imagine once they saw it, they're like, once you see the first episode, like I, I was like, wow, this made it past the pilot stage. Maybe they just like batch shot like five of them. It was cheaper to make five than two. I don't know. It just seems so. It does seem, I think that you're right in that Martin beat them on the air. I bet they're trying to beat Martin onto the air. That's why it looks so cheap. Yeah. As if the radio premise is what makes that show. Right. I mean, it's much more focused on the radio setting than Martin is. But they're never on the radio in Rhythm and Blues. Like, he's on the radio for, like, one second. He pulls, like, an Aretha Franklin song off that nobody, like, under 40 would listen to then. And then the, the that's another thing that really bothered me. Like, Martin's station was at least WZUP, so you knew it was, for, like, for the youth. Yeah. W was up. This station seems to be what white people think black people listen to like station yeah because it was just like a bunch of classic like r&b like it's martha and the vandellas like what the but then, fuck but then there's like on? a sir mix a lot-esque song oh yeah what was that the the artist my new favorite artist i don't remember his name but kenny, it's like it was like kenny flash or something like that it's baby got back it's like yeah a song about butts that they they have controversy about i wish that there was a list of fake musicians from tv shows that i could just see because it's it's always fun the opening theme is actually decent it's the only good thing about the show it is i bet because they had plenty of time to make it this show does not seem like they had time yeah it's strange like i i want to learn more about this because it it so much of it doesn't make sense even in the context of like failed five episode sitcoms of the era like it's it's weirder and worse than not shot in front of a live audience at all yeah like a live audience never walked into that fucking place yeah whereas martin you can feel the energy of the audience yeah well you can feel martin like hamming it up for yeah for the the people who like like i don't love martin's you know cross-dress characters that much but like you can feel I mean, when they you're, like you're wrong they see that's shit's still funny all right i laughed at shenanigan very hard i forgot how funny that was <laughs> i watched uh, the second episode too where he like plays basketball with the guys and like it's 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 entertaining i'm not gonna but lie you, you can feel the audience like loving it like in him leaning into that energy whereas yeah there's Roger Cabler kind of like spazzing around on set is is sad like he's he's always just sort of jumping and yeah like moving his body as if God. like he is he flying or something he was doing like a flying motion for one yeah he just seems like everyone seems really uncomfortable like they all know this isn't going to last and they're just like ah we're doing this this, this well is- all these actors i one of the guys is was in Joanna Man. He was the guy, the best yeah. part of Joanna Man. The, I mean, the cast um, all did. They a all bunch work. Of stuff. They still work a yeah. lot. Yeah. Wasn't the was the the guy who did the painting? You didn't see that episode. The <laughs> you can't even describe them. Like the the financial guy, maybe I don't know. Like the kind of uptight one. He was the dad and sister, sister. I think. A wrong glass. Yeah, he's in a bunch of shit. Yeah, um, for years and years. I think he was in Serenity also. Uh, the station owner. 
she's in a she's in a ton of stuff. She's in a ton of. She was on. I think she's on. Uh, no, I mean the cast is not. They're not bad actors, and if you see Even them, the character actors in other yeah. sitcoms, they're fine. But their their characters have no no definition. They're just like no. They're just like all right, and you can see them like kind of trying, but not that hard. I mean, you have to be so happy when you get a phone call that's that's canceled. Like I mean, you know, it means you you. It means you don't have a job, but it means you this will this will go away. Especially in 1992, this will go away, and nobody will ever talk about it ever again until Tears and Rain rediscovers it. <laughs> if you're listening, Roger Cabler or uh, Ron Glass or Vanessa Bell Calloway or uh, Anna I'm, Maria Hosford, please call us. Please, I want we to wanna, hear about this so bad. We want to know. There's more secrets. This is this is just the like. The first level of the pyramid. How and did he think it was a good idea, like to make this show? Like, did, was he a replacement for somebody? Yeah, also, was this... Ron Cabler was on Mork and Mindy with actual Robin Williams. He must have had a very small part. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, uh, I don't. He was the voice of one of the Brave Little Toaster characters in the like straight to video sequel. Wow. He's also bookable today. Uh, if you want a Ro- uh, Robin Williams impression or a John Lovitz impression at your birthday party, call up Roger Kabler. I would love to do that to somebody I don't know. <laughs> so that I could like, I don't want to experience it. Like, I don't want to yeah, be at do. a Disney yeah, character breakfast. No, we have to be nice to him because we want him to be on our show. <laughs> Roger, we <laughs> love you. Roger, we love you. You are, this is a, a... Do you show up in character? Do you change in your car? Like, do I talk to Robin the entire time? Can you be Red Fox? How much do I have to pay for the Red Fox experience? Rodney Dangerfield? Like, I have so many characters. Can you be Ronald Reagan for two hours? I'm fine (laughs) with that. Do you think somewhere Rich Little was so pissed off he didn't think of his show in 1970? Uh, No, because the show isn't based on the impressions. The impressions are irrelevant to the show. Then what's it based on? Like That's what I'm saying. It's based on the impressions. But it's not. Like, the impressions don't come into play in the stories at all. Like, he just happens to do them inexplicably along the way. I bet there was a lot of them stopping and saying, Ron, what do you got? And him being like, Roger. Well, I can do these. Roger, I got these impressions. (laughs) No, I know. I agree with you. But it's, it's like, he's not. This isn't. That's what you do with Robin Williams. That's what you do with yeah. Jonathan Winters, a generation. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, okay, I have this like famous impressionist who's this is what he's known for. So we're going to build the show around him about Tracy Ullman or something. Like, but he, this is Roger Zabler, Cabler, the Zima guy. <laughs> Say his name right. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Oh make my sense. god! It's like I watched like you when you have. Steph Curry on your basketball team, you build your offense around Steph Curry. If you have a guy who can't shoot threes, you don't build the offense around him. <laughs> this the kids watch a lot of that uh like Disney Channel shows mm-hmm. and it very much reminded me of those like these kid people have superpowers and blah 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 like you know the sets are all kind of crappy and everything is crappy. It just reminded me of like half-ass written shit that they brought in and didn't ever finish like none of these episodes feel finished pretty much every joke i shouldn't say for 50 percent of the jokes or comic situations are a character is standing behind another character uh-huh. and the the 
they there's no way you wouldn't think there's a person behind you and they're like yeah. saying something they shouldn't and it's all the same set there's nowhere to go like, nowhere to go it's not like i'm in my bed like i'm talking to you in this room and if like my dad showed up from from 200 miles away like yeah that would be unexpected it's like i'm in the kitchen with with my girlfriend and I'm talking to you about her and I'm like, Oh, you're behind me. Like, yeah, well, well, you, yeah she's been say, there for hours. Hey, Nathan, she's right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and it, sometimes it'll happen in the same scene. Character a will talk with character B behind them. Not knowing. Yeah. Oh no. Awkward. Mm-hmm. Then character B will be talking to someone else and character a is behind them. It's, it's such lazy writing. It they're, em- they're right behind me. Aren't they? It embarrasses me. Yeah. That happens every <laughs> Two minutes in the show. I know, I know. You don't even see the boss's office until they decide to break in to try to find the gangster's money. At one point, he just locks her in a closet, and then she just forgives him instantly. He plays the big booty song. It makes no sense. And they reuse the joke twice. The play the funky music joke, uh-huh. white boy. Uh-huh. They use it twice. The first person who tells him to do it does it, and then the other, the program director does it too. They probably Same thought that was going to be the catchphrase of the show. Oh man, could you see that on a billboard in like <laughs> LA in like 1993? Cabler, just Cabler's big face <laughs> above Sunset Boulevard. So now, next steps in our recovery over the show is we have to find some interviews with this guy from then on the Tonight Show or something where he was like interviewed about the show. They must have been some promotion. I mean, I'm assuming unless they knew it was a dog right away. I mean, they would they still throw people out there when they know stuff is shit. Yeah, I mean, you if it's on the air, you're losing money if you don't have some eyeballs. So, like, even if you know this thing's not going to run more than half a season, you have incentive to not not have it tank. Yeah, I mean, he has to have been interviewed. I looked. There was one article from the LA Times. It was about the show. I like almost got the LA Times subscription just so that I could read it. It was like the retooling of rhythm and blues. Like apparently they're going to retool it to something else. I don't just take the guy out and make it a black radio station. Probably. I don't know. It's 1992. There's plenty of black comics that could have filled that role like Martin. Yeah. And black people to write the show. Like it's, it's so, I mean, so many, it's so many. Yeah. This is not 1952. This is 1992. And to me, that's like, if this show has significance, or historical relevance it it feels like the end of an era where like you wouldn't do this today you would not have no. a show with an no. 80% black cast with no black people involved in writing it like yeah after this i mean you had um most of the TGIF shows were were white creators and you know the Mr. Cooper I think was yeah. largely white people making it. But like after that, it that that show didn't exist anymore. That if you were gonna yeah. do a black show, you had like at Actual least half writers. the writers were black. Like you wouldn't yeah. just be like, What do black people talk about? I don't know. I'm yeah. gonna make I it up. <laughs> I'm just gonna put there, the- let's name them Washington and Jefferson and like <laughs> what the what the fuck? Like, uh let's make this character one of the four tops, because that's the only thing I know about black people is he was the fifth top and he can sing. I know black old black men can sing. I know that much. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so stereotypical. It's so crazy. I mean, at least in Martin, they have like Garrett Morris and like, you know, actual characters. Like, you know what their motivations are. Yeah. And like 
what's stranger is this aired right after A Different World. So you'd have, in those days, so much of network programming was keeping your audience from yeah. leaving. Like yeah. you'd have the Cosby show go right in. And that was the must-see TV like, thing, is you would just sit and watch a two-hour block of TV or even yeah. further if you watched L.A. Law or E.R. But like, I watched, the, I watched the A Different World episode that aired right before the pilot of this one, and you could not have two more different <laughs> shows. You could, like... I'm I'm imagining myself in 1992 sitting down. <coughs> I've been watching a different wow. world for th- six seasons. I'm a big fan of the show. Even if I'm a white person who's a big fan of the show and watching it, they talk about Rodney King. They talk about the LA riots. It's complex. It's a sitcom, so it's not like they resolve these yeah. problems. It's not. It's not 60 minutes, but like they are engaging with the world, and then you get you just like. Hey, it's me, Roger. Bobby Soul is oh. here. <laughs> oh, there was a Rodney King joke in one of the episodes. Was it bad? Uh, was it yes, a... <laughs> not though, at all. Though, shout out to Gilbert Gottfried as the as the LA cop who uh, who uh, beats up the dude in a different world. Did you watch the clip I, I sent you? I did watch the clip. <laughs> yeah, he was also in a. Wasn't Gilbert on the actual Cosby Show too? Probably he he did work he in that era. He did a lot of like sitcom stuff a, back then. He was a he was a worker. Uh, yeah, and so I I feel like this this kind of show this is like the last the last of some kind of species of animal that died and never returned. The joke that you can always tell when a sitcom is totally fucked is when they the premise of the episode is just something else. And they actually pointed out in the episode where uh, Ron, whatever is the like Roger is the guy gets auctioned off to the kid. Mm-hmm. They say, Oh, he's the toy. And then they also go, have you seen problem child? It's like that. <laughs> oh, by uh-huh. the way, he's right behind me. Isn't he? <gasps> A lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Wow. So not only is this show badly written, but it just tells you the premise of other things that you kind of like in the show and says, it's like that. So just enjoy it like that. Yeah. Like, pretend uh, you're watching no, that. I would, I don't really want to ever watch the toy again ever. Cause it's a very weird racist movie, but at least it was interesting. Same with problem child. I don't really need to see problem child. Another Gilbert Goffrey classic. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, I mean, rhythm and blues. That's that's the wrap up. I can't really. <sighs> Do you recommend people watch it, or is it only you? Like we're trying to preserve history here, you, you know. You I have mean... to be a approach it as a as a as an archaeologist, and like you're finding you're finding like a medieval torture chamber, and like it's important that we remember. <laughs> But you're not going to enjoy the show. There's no this one. Guy. I mean, the, the, I take this back. The YouTube comments are astounding because some people I are like, "Like, oh man, I loved this show. It's such it's so terrible. It got canceled. Thank you so much for putting it back up." I'm like, who are you? Who is this person who? who's been really? sitting, who's been waiting for forty years or thirty years? Like, man, I I wonder if Rhythm and Blues will come back. I wonder, if, Google I wonder if I can, I wonder if I can get it on Blu-ray. 
God, it's another album. Why can't they talk about the show rhythm and blues? Uh, Damn it. <laughs> just been Googling rhythm and blues Google for 30 years. <laughs> it's not in the top 100 returns. What's going on? I mean, this show is so bad. It feels like people can still be canceled for making it. Like it might, like somebody might pull it out and be like, Oh, remember this? These guys need to get canceled. Even though those guys are doing nothing right now. I mean, Jordan Moffat, the, uh, the creator and showrunner, didn't do much after this. This was no. He wrote uh, the movie Like Mike, if you remember that one. What? Yeah. The movie with Lil Bow Wow. Yep. Yep. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. What was the what? Uh, and he wrote uh, George of the Jungle Two, the uh, I think direct to video. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, George of the Jungle movie. He wasn't in that one, though. Brendan Fraser was not in Mm-mm. it? Oh. Nope. It was uh, knockoff Fraser. <laughs> Let me see. How much did Like Mike make? A lot. It was a hit. It was a hit, right? I think, it was, you know, for like its kind of movie, it wasn't, you know, $300 million hit. No, but it was enough. I mean, did it get a theatrical release? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Christopher Showerman was George of the Jungle in the second one. The Great Showerman. Thomas Hayden Church is in it? God, Michael Clark Duncan is in it? Man. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, pre-Sideways, was in a... was in a. He was in the wilderness. Yeah. Sideways it's telling brought, that they didn't have him in for the new Spider-Man movie to do any footage. Yeah, like Mike made sixty-two million dollars, which is pretty pretty good money in two thousand two. Did Michael Jordan show up in it? I don't think so. There's probably clips of him, like TV. Clips there are several him. like Mikes. There's like a there's a like. There's there one with Kevin Durant too, where they get Kevin Durant's shoes. Like there's a I think that was the premise of uh, Ernest plays basketball. Also, he got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's shoes. On IMDb, the cast of Rhythm and Blues. Every single person has a picture, except for Roger Kepler. <laughs> wow. No picture. That is so crazy. I mean... I have a picture on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, come on. God. You were in the Carol Burnett show. Get a, get a picture up, man. Was he an original, like, original one or like the third no, iteration? The the like early 90s one. Okay, yeah. Because people forget like... You know, like Lucy had like five different shows. Oh, yeah. Just I Love Lucy. Yeah. Like well into the 80s. No. Bob Newhart had three, at least three shows. Cosby had a bunch of shows. Yeah. He had that game show for a while. Remember? Yeah. They played it in the, in the, 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 um, it was like a Groucho Marx show from the 50s. Yeah. Brought back. Yeah. I may, Uh, I may watch. Excellent. Excellent documentary. If you get a chance to watch that Cosby documentary. Can I can I take a big swing here? Oh wow, yes, please. Uh, let me premise this: Bill Cosby is okay. a bad person who did bad things, yes. and yes. there's no forgiving. No forgiving. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to in any way uh, say positive things about Bill Cosby the person, um, but he really did change television. Like the Cosby Show. No, I agree. Like you look at this kind of show. And this kind of show is like a pre-Cosby show approach to like black characters on TV. And it died on the vine because the Cosby show 
changed it. Like there is no Fresh Prince without Cosby Show. There is no Sister Sister. There is no yeah. That's so rape. Like it did. Like his show, the success of the show, and his like ownership of the show. Like he, you know, he was the showrunner for a different world. Like he made, you know, Quincy Jones produced Fresh Prince of Bel Air because Bill Cosby showed that like black creators can have hit sitcoms and they don't need other people. I've seen one episode of Barney Miller. (laughs) I think that's what the sets look like. It could be the same set. Several of these actors are in Barney Miller. Okay. That's where I'm, because I've seen the the station owner. And I think Ron Glass was also in Barney Miller because it has the same bullpen vibe uh-huh. of a, a like of a cop station it doesn't look like a radio station at all like if you were like hey design a radio station set and you know that a tv set doesn't have to look exactly like the real thing like it doesn't make sense like why is there this like big open like shared lobby space and this tiny booth like in the corner also all the phone calls coming in and everybody answering them yeah you don't have a receptionist to answer right. these the phone program calls? director is answering the phone the like guy the one guy who does any kind of business is answering the, the phone. there's i mean a hundred percent they would have done a blackface episode a hundred percent did they so you watched yeah. further does the public still think he's black yes so they've been hiding him from the public the whole time no they couldn't because they did the auction like in the first episode he goes on the air and the public the public loves it the black listening public and they are all think he's black and they're like yep he's black bobby soul is a black person that is no the premise they of the because sh- they did the auction and he was like he was actually in it so they just dropped that they yeah. just like let that go and like we're which actually would have been interesting it would have like at least a little bit yeah i mean you would have it would have been impossible to work <laughs> as a long-term yeah. story i mean it didn't he really work three's company in one episode you were like, you know, you're trying to hide and have somebody else pretend to be him or something. I don't know. But yeah. No, it was it was a heat-seeking missile headed to the sun where the sun is a blackface episode in season three. Oh, 100%. There would have been a gay <laughs> character. There would have been a very special episode where somebody had AIDS. I don't uh, know. It seemed not that, not that, like, serious subject interested. They did. They did that, though. I mean, like they would just throw an AIDS episode into shit like out of nowhere. But other stuff, whereas this one seemed like weirdly, I don't know. It seems like from a different time in its own you, time. Okay. If I told you Blossom had an age, AIDS episode, would you yeah. think it had an AIDS episode? Yeah. Yes, 100%, right? I'm saying this show. I'm not saying any yeah. other show in the 90s. I'm just saying like, I don't know. I, I feel like they, at this point, they're pulling every, if they're already doing an auction in the third episode, you're pulling some shit. Is there a ghost in the studio? Probably. <laughs> I think that's more likely than talking about a difficult, serious subject in 1990s America. Yeah, because you know what the difference is between this and everything else? Sitcoms are supposed to teach you little mini lessons. Mm-hmm. This one taught you nothing. No. It was almost Seinfeld before Seinfeld in a weird way where it was like literally about nothing. But also the stories not were about nothing, but not. Yeah. Not funny. Yeah, but right. like the premise is like, Oh, we're just in a radio station and, and funny things happen, you know? Somebody's going to get water dumped on their head. Yeah. Or, like, spill yeah. coffee onto the board and it's going to, like, take the whole radio station out. But it wouldn't matter because nobody's ever on the fucking radio station. Are they playing eight-hour tapes? 
Where are the other DJs? I mean, Mr. Love shows up sometimes. Oh yeah, they're Mr. Love, but, but he's I don't too think busy. he was in the second episode at all. He was in the he was in the rest of them. Like they figured out, like second episode, this is going to be this is our main character. He was here, he Mr. was Mr. Love. <laughs> they added they added a lot more Mr. Love in. Uh-huh. Yeah, truly. Uh, he, I mean, he was funny. He's he was a good character. I was I was actually kind of surprised that he existed in this. It doesn't he doesn't feel like he belongs in this. Sometimes. I don't know. Even like Frasier had other like the whole, the cast of Frasier was the other DJs. Yeah, they had like come in all the time. Every character in Frasier was a character who like at least a, yeah served some kind of purpose. And I don't mean like a purpose in like profound meaning, but like there was a reason they were in the scene. This is just like, oh, we got some people. They're going to. I would love to see the Jimmy Kimmel treatment of this show. Like, because he'll do like live versions of like the facts of life or like, uh, read, with, like, like a script reading. No, he does like actually puts on the show with like cast members. So it'll be like Jason Bateman and Will Arnett, and, like all these famous people in this one episode live. They did a Jamie Foxx one where he was, uh, it was all in the family. Uh, Woody Harrelson was uh, Archie Bunker. Like he does these like live sitcom things, and I would love to see a rhythm and blues one with like Gerard Carmichael, like Donald Glover, and like actual like, famous comedians doing this. Because I mean, there's just nothing in this show redeemable whatsoever. I feel sorry for everybody involved. Like I, I, just, I, I just feel I, bad. I want to talk to them. I know we just shit on this thing for the last hour. Jordan Moffat. Come, come to us. Come tell us. I don't your think story. it was their fault. I think this to me reads like maybe they did have a good idea, and studio Scott exact yeah, something involved. something went horribly wrong somewhere in the process, and I want to know why. I want to know what after happened. after Cosby, like you could not have the guy that created Barney Miller do something. Like this seems like a episode of Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah, but like, it, like less funny. so bad, like less. less- Oh, he did a he did a Travolta. Did, did he you do a see Travolta? that? I don't remember. Yeah, of course he, he did, did. So many impressions that I forgot. He did like a Travolta, like when he was oh for like the auction episode. I didn't can't see recommend that. the auction episode or not. I know you've been talking a lot about it. Four out of five. <laughs> do your top ten auction episodes next time. No shit. You could probably do that. I bet you could. I bet you he, could. I would say it wouldn't even take you ten minutes to find auction episodes. <laughs> Uh, well, if you are involved in any way with the creation of Rhythm and Blues, uh, please come to us. We, we love you. We respect you. We don't think what you made is great, but we think what you made needs to be remembered and not disappear like tears in rain. Here's what we need to do when there's a sci-fi convention and Ron Glass is in it because he was in Serenity. Yeah. We should go and ask him a rhythm and blues question. We should do that. Can you that can you like record? Could we like bring a mobile thing to the convention floor, or would they come shut us down? Be like, I don't, I don't think they would. I mean, we would just have to like, I mean, what you do is you pay for like the the meet and greet of him, yeah, and it'd be like probably thirty bucks, as much as least a ticket to what's his face's show, right, and. Then you could ease. Also, we have to see that guy's show. Like, I cannot even say how important this is to me. We must go watch his show. We have to go to the like the the Wilmington, Delaware Playhouse or something. Fine. Let's like if he ever plays in Branson, like we have to do it. Uh, 
like this is this is the new you know doobie brothers for me like i have to see it or like it's got it's got to happen uh oh oh no uh, <laughs> oh no what's happening uh, <laughs> that's the sound of bad discoveries on the internet his, oh no <laughs> i mean his facebook page is um he believes he's possessed by the spirit of robin williams oh no roger oh, maybe roger. it's a joke I can't tell the tone. Uh, I mean, how much could it possibly cost him to come to our 42nd birthdays? I just want to, I want to just get on the zoom and talk, talk rhythm and blues with you, Roger. Roger. I mean, we're the only, we care. You were set up, Roger. You, you video set up. It's not your fault. They didn't want you to succeed. That's the truth. You were the fall guy. Just you because were... you were between two of the most powerful shows of the era just proves they didn't want you to, to show up. <laughs> just because you were given a time slot that almost any show could have succeeded in. Like a pickle on a table <laughs> could have had 10 episodes. Like and anything like... on Thursdays was like in the top 10 for its first year before it, like people started to tune out. Like that, that was just the golden... Thursdays on NBC, God. like anything. Suddenly Susan or Caroline in the City or any any like generic forgettable sitcom yeah. was a, like a guy massive had hit. Three seasons. Yeah. But not Single Rhythm guy and Blues. Had friends crossovers. Not Rhythm and Blues. Can you imagine oh my friends God. crossovers? <laughs> oh my God. Where did we miss out on? Oh. There is no again, there is no God. Uh if Ross didn't appear on one episode of Rhythm and Blues, I'm I'm going to Reddit and I'm starting some Rhythm and Blues fan fiction. <laughs> Come join me, people. <laughs> How easy would that be to write? Uh, Nothing happens. Impression of Roddy Dangerfield. Next if, scene. Listener, if you have requests for Tears in Rain, send it to us. But it has to be an actual lost classic. It can't be Knott's fucking landing. You know who yeah, I'm talking no to. No Nuts Landing, no fucking Twin Peaks. Shows that ran for, for more than one season don't count. It has to be... And it, yes, it can't be Friends. It can't be Signed. No. It has to be something that that it was put out past the time it would have ever worked. We're talking like, like show, birds yeah. that can't fly, that fell out of the nest, and the brief moment between the nest and the ground when they died was a moment of strange beauty. That is what we're looking for. It only aired five episodes. Yeah. They didn't even air the rest of them. Unaired means not on the air. Yeah, they made them. Nobody, they paid money. Nobody <laughs> bought it. They didn't move it to like a late night time. Like they've done that before where they'll like move the show to a late night time. Right. Didn't, didn't end up on Lifetime that. or didn't end up. Nope. These were. Wow. But somehow they're on YouTube. Also, if you're the guy on YouTube who posted these, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you, too. I want to I know mean, your ways. To be honest, I don't want you to know anything about me, but we can <laughs> anonymously talk through Zoom. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like this guy's can just... in a parking lot, and I can put a comb over my mouth. I don't want to be on this guy's radar at all. It's a fan club that I feel like is dangerous, legitimately. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Like the guy that commented on YouTube, I've been waiting for this. If you started the com YouTube comment with "I've been waiting for this," I don't want you to be in my life. Like it's not something that it, it, we can do. Uh, 
Oh my god. All right, well that's uh the end of this episode of The Fixers special episode, a very special episode Here's of in The Fixers. Here's in rain. Uh, we will see you next time when we will discuss other things. But honestly, we'll probably just talk about Rhythm and Blues some more. We might do a part so, two. Might do a Dead Reckoning <laughs> Rhythm and Blues part one and two. I can guarantee you this is all we're going to talk about for the next week. And we're going to bring up specifics around people who have no idea what we're talking about. That's my favorite part of this investigation. So as always, make sure to go out and rent the paper and uh, support your local uh, movies. And we will see you uh, next time. Bye. Hey, everybody.